What's up, everybody? This is the Hodgepodge of Nothingness podcast, and I am David Korb. Well, I'm back, guys. It's been a little bit while since I've done a podcast. Been really busy. Um, been uh, trying to watch as many power games as I can while I've been busy. But uh, but um, I got a chance to watch last night's game, and uh, man, the Pirates smashed the shit out of the Cardinals 11-1. <laughs> My God, did that feel good to see that, man. Uh, anytime you can see the Pirates beat up on the Cardinals, you take it. Uh, and it feels so good to watch it. Uh, that had to feel good for the home crowd, too, to come to the game and, and watch that happen. Um, so before the game, uh, the Pirates put uh, Henry Davis on the 10-day injured list and called up infielder Vinny Capra uh, from AAA. I don't have a freaking clue why we didn't call back up Triolo or um, you know any of these guys that we've been using that that, that you know, I mean, how about uh, Andujar? Like, we couldn't give Miguel Andujar a chance to come back up after he's tearing the baseball, the cover off the baseball down at AAA level. Like, I, I don't understand any of this uh, when when it comes to some of the guys they've been calling up lately. Um, I don't know. It's it just it just doesn't make any sense. Some some of the things they've been doing, but whatever. Um, but yeah, I, look, I don't. I, this is a phantom IL stint, I think, for Henry Davis. I I don't. Until I see concrete evidence of some sort, I don't believe he's hurt at all. I believe it's just a, it's a phantom IL stint. He's he's struggling so bad. I watching Henry Davis bat was just so sad to watch the last like I don't know, we'll say ten days, cause or I'll say like last last week week and a half yeah ten days. I just he looks so lost to plate, so lost. I it's like he he's not thinking about what the pitcher might throw on sliders and, and and curves he's just he's so blown away by them that he, he's just either so far out in front or just swinging for the fences completely taking his eye off the ball uh mechanics don't look as good as when he first came up i i, I just it completely bending his, his back shoulder down I, I, I don't know if he's just trying to go yard or what he's trying to do but it, it doesn't it, it looks really bad and uh just just pitch selection in general to um, the pitches he swings at to it's just been horrendous. Um, he, he needs a lot of work. Uh, clearly, uh, he, he's just not ready, I guess, is to face MLB pitching. Um, and it happens. He's young. Like it's, This is not a situation where it's like, oh, go, he's a bust. No, he's not. Um, he's not a bust. He's young. He's got time. To, it's going to happen. He's going to have struggles. Um but yeah, it's been it's been tough to watch though. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but uh, no, the Pirates they smashed the Cardinals, and uh, that was a great game to watch last night. I mean, you got you got McCutcheon getting two hits. Connor Joe had three hits. Uh, Andy Rodriguez with three hits. Um, Palacios, I'll get to him in a second too with two hits, a home run. Uh, but um, I'll tell you what, the pitching, though, uh, Hatch and Falter, wow, man. I, I mean, uh, Hatch has been a nice find for the Pirates. I, I, you know, I, you always, they always seem to find these kind of guys. They, they, they get a hold of them, and, uh, you know, they, they must tweak something with them, and there you go. Um, since the Cincinnati game, he, he hasn't given up uh, any runs in his appearance against Minnesota and then the game last night. But last night was the first time he'd went three innings for them, and uh, man, that was that was awesome to see. Um, and, and like I said, just 
just really good to see these guys acquire and they, and they just make a, a a little slight little change to them and you see what happens. Falter the other to go six innings. I was I was really uh, glad to see Falter go six innings. I mean they had a big lead. They could afford it, you know. Let him go at batters, see what he can do. Uh, but you know, giving up eight runs to Atlanta, giving up you know four runs to the Mets, and then he comes into this game and just goes six innings uh, of one run ball. I mean that's that's really good. Um, two walks, eight Ks. I mean, damn for Falter, that's that's something. I I, I but he was he was Dylan uh, doing really well. Um, it's amazing when you get that run support, man. You can go up batters, what you can do uh, when you have faith in your stuff, really. But it, it was the game last night was just awesome to see. Uh, they're facing a really bad uh, Cardinals team. You know, it's something we're just not, you know, accustomed to seeing. And I, it's, it feels like you're seeing uh, just you're seeing two different ball clubs go two different ways. Uh, the Pirates are starting to play better baseball. Um, and the Cardinals have just been bad and they had a, a, a blimp where they were starting to play better baseball and then they went back downhill again. Um, and, and that's just, like I said, as a pirate fan, I'm, I'm glad to see it. I, I don't got a problem with it at all. Um, man, was it, uh, you know, speaking of guys struggling, uh, man, Sawinski, I, I, it's been tough to watch with him too. I, I just, the difference really between him and, him and uh, Henry Davis is Henry Davis. It feels like swings at everything, and Swinsky doesn't swing. <laughs> um, you know, I've been saying it just feels like if it's an outside pitch, he doesn't like to go after outside pitches. He doesn't try to take him the other way. This is something I've said before that he needs to work on, and he, I, I, it, I haven't seen it. I really haven't. Um, and uh, just not wanting to swing the bat. Constantly watching pitches in the zone, um, I you know I don't know if I want to say that he looks lost up there, but it, it's something. He, he's he's not the you know as a good hitter, you're supposed to have a feeling of what you think the 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 pitcher is going to throw. I mean, you're not always going to be right, obviously, but you you got to have an idea of what's coming and um, if you're going to be a good hitter. And it just seems like Sawinski has has no fucking clue when he's up there, no clue. Um, and uh, if that ball is not on the inside part of the plate or middle, uh, he's not going to swing. And I think teams know that, and they're, they're just going to keep pounding that outside corner on him, uh, whether it be a slider or a two-seam or fastball. Either way, they're gonna, that's what they're going to throw. That's what they're going to target. And until he figures out what to do with that, uh, it, it's going to be rough. Um, batting average is clear down to like 202, I believe. Yeah, 202. Uh, you know, OPS is still looking great at 770, but I don't know, man, that, that, that OPS, it's, uh, it could, to me, that's a deceiving stat. I, I, I get when you have an OPS in the 700s or better, that looks great. But at the same time, I, it's deceiving because you see him get up there and he's striking out three times a game and he's not really having that much of an impact, uh, other than sometimes he does get walked or hits a moonshot. But you know, but look, this guy, the the power potential, this guy, I don't want them giving up on him. Um, but at the same time, I, it's tough to watch, and you know, you're wondering, okay, is it is it time for him to go on a little, you know, phantom IL uh, stint as well? Uh, it looks like it was Henry Davis's turn first. Uh, but these are two guys, man. That man, 
if they can get these guys, you know, hitting the baseball consistently, man, this team could do really good. And, uh, you know, just like when, when Hayes and Reynolds struggled, the, the, the team basically the season died. But then when these guys start hitting well again, man, now you see what they can do uh, once you start bringing up these other kids to fit in those other pieces of the team. But, uh, and that brings me to somebody else. Um, and I want to ask this question because I think that, that some people think the answer to this question is yes. So, is, is Josh Palacios good? It's a question I wanted to pose on here. Because it just seems like this guy is always ready for the moment in a game. Whether it be defensively or at the bat, this guy just, it seems like in that moment, he is there and it's always him and, and, he, and he, he comes through most of the time. Um, I, you think about the, the home run, the walk-off home run on his birthday, uh, which was an incredible thing to witness. Uh, I think about the catch he made in left field at the wall uh, to, to basically rob a home run. I can't remember who it was, but I mean, he made a hell of a play at left field uh, to, to make that catch, to not allow a run to uh, score or to hit a home run. Um, then, you know, then I, and this has happened more often than not with him. He makes great plays in the outfield. He has great at bats when he pitch hits. Uh, and then last night's game, I mean, your, your family's there because your brother, you're playing your brother. Uh, his younger brother uh, got caught up by the Cardinals, um, you know, and it's just one of those games where, man, you know, this is cool. Two brothers are playing each other, and it and it it feels like my man shows up, man. My man shows up in these kind of moments, and, and you love and feed off the energy he gives. It, it's 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 invigorating. Uh, it's an infusion of energy in that dugout that I, I'm sure that they all love and feed off of, and. And but it's so strange because people want to be like, man, this guy's great. He's 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 really good. But then you you dive into the stats and you're just like, eh, not really. So his war right now, wins above replacement, is uh, for 2023 is a negative 0. 0.4. Uh, his batting average is 220. Um. If you want to get into advanced stats, and these are the stats that, that people really, really like to use, uh, his his WOBA is only, let's see here, it's only 281. Now, if, if you don't understand, that that's that's your weighted on base average, okay? And an average WOBA is 320, and my man's at 281. So in that department, not so great. Um, when you look at weighted runs created plus, he's at a, a 74. Uh, the, the league average is 100, okay? 150 uh, weighted runs created, WRC plus. If you're, if you're really good, it should be at 150. That's a 50 percentage above average. Um, so as you can see, like, when you look at advanced stats, when you look at uh, just regular stats, like a 220 bagging average, that's not something to, you know, brag about um he's got five home runs uh so far this season and all the play appearances he's had i i just you know i look at this kind of stuff and i'm like okay is this just just a case of a guy that basically 
uh, just just comes up in big moments, I guess you could say, and and that's really it. I think you're looking at a guy that that I think his glove plays more than his, his bat, um, and, and and it's just a coincidence that he does come through in big moments. And I'm not trying to downplay the kid. I love watching the guy play baseball. I, I enjoy watching him. Uh, like I said, I, I I love the energy he brings, and it's fun to watch. Um, I like emotional baseball players. I think the game is more fun when you're an emotional baseball player. That's why I love the World Baseball Classic so much, because it's like a celebration of baseball. Everyone's emotional. Everybody's into it. And that's that's what people feed off of. And that's why I like Josh Palacios. But, and if, if he could figure it out and be more consistent the bat, again, another guy in, the, in this system. Now, he's older, mind you. This guy's 28 years old. He's not young. He's not like a Pagaro who's like 22 years old. He's 28 years old. So the worry, you know, you basically think, okay, he's a quad A player. That's what he is. But, you know, if, if he figures it out, man, you know, just another guy. But I, I think it's mostly he's a defensive player. He's a bench player that I would want on a winning team. I wouldn't mind having this guy, you know, be on this team the whole season as a bench player, pinch hitter, defensive replacement, stuff like that. I wouldn't mind having him. But as far as a guy that right now, you know, is he good? I, I'm, I'm not going to go there. I don't think he's good yet. I think he's got, I think he's going to be at most just a bench player. That That is not a bad one to have. And, uh, but I enjoy watching him play baseball. I, I really do. Um, it, it's fun to watch. Um, wanted to get in on Andy Rodriguez a little bit. He had three hits last night. Uh, Eddie Rodriguez is batting 267 right now with a 767 OPS. Guys, like, how how fun is it to have a catcher who's batting 267? He's damn near batting 100 points better than Austin Hedges. That is, you want to talk about, like, night and day, the difference. And let's talk about defense, too. My man's thrown out more runners already than Austin Hedges has done all season. That is that is ridiculous. And it's unreal to me, man, like just to see how much better uh it has been with him behind the plate. But it's been so frustrating because it seems like he only plays every other night. And it it, it will drive you insane. And I know it drives all the other fans insane too. A lot of guys watching this, I don't you know They've got to find a way to get this kid in there more. They have to. This thing of seeing him every other day, it's got to end. I'm so sick of it. And here's the thing. This is if you're trying to win. If you're trying to win, if you're trying to to really compete here towards the end, just to go out on a good note, really, then then what the hell? Like, what, There's no excuse for this. Like, I don't. If you're going to sit Kutch and you want to give him a break behind the plate, then DH him. And then, again, if we're not worried about our record, then why the hell not put him at first base and let him get some reps there? That's the other thing. It's like, you know, it's been so frustrating because it's just like they can't make up their damn mind. It's like with some players, it's okay to stick a guy in right field who's never played right field before because we're not really trying to, we're not really trying to win or what. But yet we can't stick another kid who's hitting the shit out of the ball, and we can't stick him at first base, a position that he apparently plays. We can't stick him there. We can't utilize that as a way to keep his bat in the lineup i I just it just doesn't make sense to me and and i have nothing against jason delay i really don't i I think he's an okay catcher he's an okay hitter you know he's not he's not as bad as austin hedges that's for sure 
but at the same time, I, I just, I, I just don't get it. Uh, I, Andy Rodriguez's bat should be in that lineup. It should, that bat plays, man. You have to find ways to get him in there. I, I brought up, uh, you know, on Twitter, I, I brought up the idea of, of Kutch uh, playing right field whenever you want to keep Rodriguez's bat in there. You could DH Rodriguez and put Kutch in right field. But the thing about it is, Kutch is older. Maybe he's not healthy enough. Uh, that's why you haven't seen him touch the outfield in forever. Uh, but it was something I floated. But, uh, you know, he's probably just not healthy enough. Um, but it's not something I, I'll be opposed to if, if he's healthy enough and I thought he could do it. I, I, I wouldn't mind seeing it. Because um, I, I don't know, maybe I'm just, you know, biased here. But, you know, when it comes to defense in the outfield, I do think Kutch could hold his own. I mean, when he was healthy at the beginning of the season, you saw he could still make plays. He was still uh, a good outfielder out there. Um, but it's just something I, I thought you could you could do once a game, if healthy, put Kutch and right so Andy can DH and still keep his bat in there. Because I still think I think that improves your batting and your defensive replacement out there. I mean, you think about that. The outfield, we've had some some outfielders out there, really, like besides Henry Davis, Sometimes Sawinski can make you nervous out there too. Reynolds, when Reynolds wasn't fully healthy, I don't think that was another liability a little bit out there. But uh, but you know, I don't really the best outfielder out there this season has been, uh, in my opinion, Polite Palacios. He's been excellent. Um, and when you have Connor Joe out there once in a while, he doesn't look comfortable out there either. He can be a liability sometimes, I think too. Bay. Bay was like Jekyll and Hyde uh, earlier in the season when he was center field. Sometimes he makes spectacular plays, and sometimes he'd make horrendous plays. Um, but you see, he's back too. So, And that's the other thing. Bay's back too since last time I did this podcast. He's been another one. A, a guy that, man, if he figures it out, another asset to this team. The speed plays, man. His speed plays uh Turning, you know, so can hit for so many doubles because of that speed of his. If he can, if he can be a good center fielder, because 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 then you got something there in center field with him. You actually have a, a true center fielder. But it's if he figures it out. It's the same thing like with Davis. These guys got to, you know, if they can figure this out out there. But it's tough. You're gonna have growing pains, and it's tough for this season. But I think that's that's probably why they're doing it in preparation for 2024. Um, but yeah, there's you see certain pieces, man. But but as far as Andy Rodriguez go, that bat has got to stay in the lineup if you're truly trying to win. There's just no way he should be getting sat down this much. And I get it. Catching's a grueling position to play. I understand that. But this is a young kid who, you know, if you're this young, and I think you can handle it. I think you can handle, you know, catching two out of three games every series. I I don't see it. Every other catcher does that. Why can't he? Um, now I get with Keller, Keller wants delay to, to catch him. And I also brought this up on the podcast that I had a feeling that delay was, was going to be the preferred catcher by, by Keller. And sure enough, that's what's been happening. Um, it's a comfortability thing for Keller. Uh, so, but I don't care if delay, if delay's got a catch, then you're going to stick Rodriguez at DH and, or you're going to put, you need to put him at first base, do one or the other. Let that be the day that you you give Kutch a break. I, I, I that's just the way I look at it. But all right, uh, another guy I, I wanted to talk about was Figaro. Uh, this guy with runners in scoring position, it, it just it just feels like he's so clutch. 
You know, I don't even bring up the fact that guys hit five home runs already since being called up. Um, he's just uh, now his batting average is around two thirty eight, but at the same time, he's only got so many at bats so far too. So whatever. But as far as with runners in scoring position or runners on base in general, Pagaro comes through way more than I can remember him not coming through since he's been called up. I love watching this guy play baseball. He's a great infielder, at least from what I've seen, he's a good infielder. And, and on top of that, watching what he does with runners in scoring position, another guy that, like, to me, you got to have in that lineup. You got to have him in the lineup. I, I, I would have him at second base. To me, he's, your, he's probably your future second base, but that's going to be your guy. Now, mind you, I say that with respect to guys like, you know, Gonzalez or Triolo or even Bay, but man, Pagaro, to me, that's the guy right now that's going to be your future second baseman once O'Neill Cruz is back and plays a short. But uh, so, and I've been bringing this up too for a while now. Um, seriously, the Pirates are 15 and 17 since they called up Andy and Pagaro, and technically Priester, but Priester's now been sent down since uh, last podcast. But uh, in general, they're 15 and 17 since they called up Andy and, and Pagaro. Um, so you're, you could argue they're, they're basically been playing 500 ball, hovering around 500. And, and, I, and I think that really is inclination to the impact these guys have had on this team. Uh, because let's be honest here. If you look at these games they've lost, almost every one of them, they've lost by five runs or more. So that's basically because of the pitching, not because of any Rodriguez and Pagaro failing, if that makes any sense. I think it's been more the pitching. I think that's also obvious. I mean, they've been keeping the pitching thing together with, with you know, duct tape because you've, you've had to go get guys and bring people in here to, to throw three or four innings, and that's it. You haven't had that many true starters besides Keller and Alviedo. That's really it, with the exception of what happened last night where you had one pitcher go six innings, which is, was really good. Um, and, and that also, again, that hadn't happened with Falter yet until last night. So it, it's, it's one of those things where you can even, but I mean, just to show that how, you know, is that a coincidence, them calling up Andy and Peguero and ever since they're 15 and 17, playing almost 500 ball? I think not. I think that's how much uh, of an impact they've had on the team, especially when you talk about the upgrading a catcher, like I mentioned earlier. And Pagaro just, in general, has been an upgrade at the middle infield position because of the fact he's so clutch with runners on scoring position. All right, I mean, also, you know, and this was also something I brought up I was worried about, too, was that the Pirates, after that Braves series where they played so good, you know, I was worried they were going to definitely have a little bit of a hangover. And, you know, it was either going to be one or two things. One, it was going to be just a lightning rod for them to go on a nice little run, or they were going to have like a hangover with it. You know, it's a very emotional and drawn out four game series against the Braves. Uh, a team can can get tired from that. It can be it can be physically and mentally draining a little bit. And sure enough, uh, they're four and six since the Braves series. They have lost every series they've been in since then. Their run differential is negative 84, and yes, it is the worst in the division. And uh, yeah, so that's basically what's what's happened uh, since that since that Brave series, man. They they've they it, they it, I don't know. They just like I said, it's like a, like a like they're hungover. Or it's a hungover from them or something. I don't know. Uh, but I was worried that might happen, and it did happen. Um, but uh, but yeah, so. 
I'm hoping that, uh, that this this uh, Cardinal series is a great series for them to kind of you know beat up on the Cardinals. That'd be really awesome if they somehow pull off a sweep. That'd be really great because then after that they got the Cubs uh, next, and the Cubs now have a winning record, um, but are beatable. The Pirates can beat the Cubs, um, but I would like to see them start turning it around a little bit since that Brave series and, and get out of this funk they've been in. Because um, it seems like uh, since the Brave series, I mean the story really has to be the pitching. Uh, the struggles of the pitching, and then in games where they do pitch well, the hitting doesn't show up, and that and that's that's basically that's. Ba- I mean, you could say that's been the whole damn season, really. But at the same time, since that Brave series, that's what the issues have been. All right, uh, moving on. Um, I thought this was uh, so. Paul Skeens, he's skyrocketing through the system, if you will. I mean, I don't even know if I want to call it that. Uh, the Pirates are having him do these little one innings at, you know, FCL Pirates, Bradenton. Now he's going to Altoona uh, and pitched the Altoona Curve on Saturday, I believe. And, you know, I, it's really funny to me. And then you see this. MLB Pipeline. Dylan Cruz for the Nationals tallies his seventh seventh multi-hit game in 15 career games. He is batting 385, on base percentage of 446 and a slugging of 677. 24 RBIs across two levels for the Nationals. I that is wow. I I you know I I wanted the, the Pirates to draft this kid, Cruz, for a long time. I was like, this is slam dunk. They got to go get Dylan Cruz. I don't know how this can be that hard. And I was all in. Dylan Cruz, this is easy. Don't be stupid. Don't overthink this. And then all the rumors started flying. Dylan Cruz has told the Pirates he does not want to play for them. Dylan Cruz has said he wants 10 million uh, salary bonus. Like th- that to me was when I, I you know, I, I soured on Dylan Cruz, and that was when I looked at Paul Skeens and looked at the great things he had done, and then that's when I changed my mind and said, okay, they're going to draft Paul Skeens. Um, but I, I really, it really makes you wonder that. I don't, you know, you don't want to say this is like a PR stunt or, or you know, they're doing this with Skeens where they're rocketing him through this system. Uh, be, but, but it makes you wonder if they are, if they're doing this because Dylan Cruz is absolutely destroying every every uh, team he's been with right now in that at that level, destroying it, absolutely obliterating it. So it makes you wonder if the Pirates are trying to make it feel like Paul Skeens is, at, on the pitching side, on the same level as Dylan Cruz. And i tell you what, I hope they're right. <laughs> but, uh, but man, I, I really think and wonder if this is what they're doing. And here's the thing, too. like Every game that Paul Skeens pitches at, they only let him go one inning. They're not. They say he's supposed to get twenty innings total. They're looking at for the rest of the season or something like that, and it's like, 
okay, but like, why are you only having them pitch one inning at per level? Like, I don't, I don't know what they're doing as far as that goes. I don't know what, but but it makes you wonder why if that's the reasons because because Dylan Cruz is absolutely obliterating every level he's at, and they're trying to save face a little bit by making it seem like that Paul Skeens is on the same level as Cruz, only on the pitching side of it. Um, they even the Pirates even offered to let Skeens hit, and he said no. He wants to focus on pitching. Um, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I here's the thing. So they're doing this little one inning thing. So when do they start letting this kid pitch two innings, four, six? You know, when when do they start letting him pitch for real as a starter? Is it maybe they're gonna run him all the way to AAA, and at AAA they'll let him go? You know more than one inning or, or or is this just a little thing they're parading him through the system to let everybody get get a chance to see him and then next year they'll assign him to just one level and he'll be there most of the season i don't know but it makes you wonder because i i just this is strange think have you ever just think about this have you ever seen the pirates do this with a with a prospect did they do it with garrett cole no they did not and garrett cole was I believe at the time one of the top pitching prospects in baseball, uh, and they took him. So, but they didn't parade him through. Give him an inning here. Give him now, mind you, is a different GM. I understand that, uh, but at the same time, I, I haven't seen I haven't seen BC do that with any prospects that have been drafted by them that were college players. Hey, you get inning here. You get in. I, I I haven't seen that shit. Have you? So. I think it's very peculiar that they're 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 doing this. Um, and look, I want them to be aggressive. If if this is a sign that maybe next year they start him at Double A, and if he dominates, and and the and the and the MLB level team is is competing and doing well, hey, give him a shot when you get to, uh, <laughs> conveniently when you get past the June dreaded you know. Uh, uh, Super two deadline, and um, the whole he, you get an extra year uh, of uh, um, control. Then, then yeah, go for it, man. Absolutely, give him a shot if he's dominating double A, and that could happen because uh, you know how BC is. He'll bring up guys from double A. Now he ain't doing that with Jared Jones, but he was aggressive of of moving him up two different levels this year with with uh, Jones. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But I do think it's interesting, and I'm interested to see what you guys' opinion on that would be. All right, moving on. Uh, I just happened to come across recently that um, another another pipeline, MLB Top 10 pipeline came out this time. It was from MLB on Fox. Uh, Fox came out with their Top 10 um, farm systems. Finally, the Pirates were not named number one. Uh, the Baltimore Orioles were named number one. And yeah, I mean, the Orioles have got a hell of a system too. Um, they've actually caught up a lot of them already, so it's pretty amazing that, that they're still getting considered as number one. Um, but the Pirates did get number two. Now, here's the part that sucks. <laughs> uh, I noticed that number three is the Milwaukee Brewers, number four is the Cubs, and number five is the Reds. Uh, that That's something that, that, you know, as a Pirate fan, you don't really want to see. You don't want to see... All these division teams in our division getting ranked this high with their system. That's not good. 
And uh, so I think the future, this division is going to end up being really tough. Right now they're the joke uh, of the MLB, you could say. But I think the future, 2024, 2025, you're going to start seeing that uh, this division is going to be not going to be something that is joked about. Um, after number five is L.A., uh, the Dodgers. I, I'm just like, son of a bitch, the, the Dodgers, man. It, it, it's, I've never seen a team like this that's going to spend 300-something million-dollar payroll and at the same time have a top five, top ten uh, farm system every damn year. It's amazing. Uh, Tampa Bay was number seven. No surprise, Tampa Bay always has a good system. Uh, Washington Nationals, yeah, uh, Dylan Cruz will help that. Um, <laughs> and then uh, San Diego at nine. Which is kind of surprising because it feels like the Padres are always trading away their prospects to acquire guys. But, eh, I don't know. And number 10 is uh, the Rangers. Texas Rangers. Which is really good for them because they're doing really well this year. And and they still have a really strong system apparently too. But I thought it was interesting to see that the Pirates finally did not get the number one uh, farm system. But they're still in the top two. Which really says a lot uh, about our system that you've got what now. We've had three or four different... Um, three or four different websites come out with their top 10, and the Pirates consistently are top two every time. Um, next, I wanted to do a the, the Tankathon check, right? Told you guys I would do this because uh, I do think that it's um, something important when it comes to this, uh, these, these draft picks. You're going to you got this lottery thing now, and that's kind of changed the game a little bit. I mean, you saw that. The Pirates last year won the lottery to get the number one overall pick. So to me, these things are important. Um, and the Pirates winning last night, you know, changed it with them in St. Louis. Uh, Pirates are now, they were seventh uh, to get a shot at it. Now they're sixth um, because of, of, actually, it's not because of last night, but in general, uh, St. Louis moved up to fifth ahead of the Pirates, who are now sixth. So it goes Oakland's number one, not shocked. Then KC, then uh, Colorado is number three. Chicago White Sox are four. Still can't believe I, I see that. St. Louis is fifth. St. Louis Cardinals are top five for the number one lottery draft pick, guys. Insane. And then number six, Pirates. Washington's right behind at seven. Detroit, eight. The New York Mets are 9, and then 10 is Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland really starting to slip. I thought they were actually doing really well. When the Pirates played them, they were starting to do really well. I thought they might have a shot at the wild card. I'd have to check to see if they're still close or not. But um, how about number 12? I, I, well, San Diego's 11, but number 12 is the New York Yankees. How fucking crazy is that? It is uh, was August 22nd? Yeah, August 22nd, and the Yankees are 60 and 64. Incredible. You just hate to see it. Not really. Um, but yeah, so that's the check on the Tankathon. Uh, I'll get, I guess I can do a game two preview. Why not? Um, let me find it real quick. So Pirates play tonight at 7.05. Oviedo is going to be taking on uh, Wainwright. Wainwright having a rough season. He's three and eight in sixteen games, an eight point four two ERA, seventy two point two innings pitch, only forty one K. I mean, he's never really been a power strikeout pitcher guy. Uh, whip a two point zero one, so he's had some control issues. The guy's old as dirt, anyway. So whatever. In his last seven games, his ERA is eleven point seventy seven. Wow. 
<laughs> that is rough. Um, and then, like I said, he's going to be taking on Johan Oviedo. Uh, Oviedo for the for the year, twenty five games, six and thirteen, a four five five ERA, one hundred and forty point one innings pitch, one hundred and twenty four strikeouts, and a one three four WHIP. Uh, last seven games, he's got a four oh five ERA. Uh, if I remember correctly, yeah, he had four earned runs and four innings pitched against the Mets the other day. Five walks, three strikeouts. Not his best. Um, I guess you could say his last two games, he hasn't done really well at all. Uh, let's hope he gets back to form when he faced Milwaukee, when he only uh, went seven innings and gave up zero runs and had six Ks. Uh, it's going to be a righty, guys. So, like, the lineup, um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure... Uh, I'm not sure if they'll get Bay back in center. Well, see, going as a righty, so Sawinski, I would think, plays too. So I'm not sure if the, a Bay will play center field or Sawinski maybe in right with Reynolds in left. That might be a route they go. DH Kutch, per usual. Um, I'm hoping to see Andy behind the plate, but again, you just don't know. Bagaro, hopefully, it's second. Alika Williams, it's short. Hayes, it's third. Um, as far as first base goes, uh, Revis, maybe? I don't know. Maybe Connor Joe will get the nod at first, even though it's a righty. I, I don't know. Um, but, uh, I, 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 like I said, the Cardinals are horrendous. So I'm really hoping that the Pirates pile on, man. Put up a lot of runs tonight against another. Now, here's the thing, though. Wayne Wright always does good against the Pirates, though. He usually always does good. So hopefully it's not the same old, same old, and the Pirates destroy him, and uh, they, they put a whooping on him again. But uh, that's all I got, guys. Hey, I, I know I haven't been on a lot. Um, I'm really sorry. Uh, I'm going to try to do these a little more often. I've been busy lately. Um, if you do enjoy the podcast, so I'd appreciate the follow or the plus, hitting the plus button to um, subscribe. Um, don't forget, I'm also on the Stiller Sanctuary podcast with Dave Ribeiro from StillerSanctuary.com. Uh, we just recently did a new episode after the last uh, Stiller's preseason went over the Buffalo. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, if you get a chance, look that up too. All right, everybody. Take care. I'm out.